2: Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor of the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Red Circle. Also, the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Make sure you hit like, subscribe, and turn the notifications on. Also, check us out on Off the Floor. That's our new Discord. We've got nine different channels there that you can follow. That includes a main thing chat where you can chat with other fans. We pop in there from time to time. Also, host updates from the arena, exclusive updates you're not going to get anywhere else. And we even have an eSports channel, a fantasy gambling channel, all kinds of cool stuff on there. Check it out. The link is right here in the description on the podcast feeds and the YouTube channel as well as pinned to the top of the 5 Reasons Twitter page. And now, today's episode.
1: Down to
0: Biscay. Yikes. Biscay. uh Five on the floor, ride for my dogs. here's the thing? You can check the score, hustle hard, couple scars, rain bubble frogs. Just like Buck said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor plan, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stopping one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power to have the guts. we here to bring the heat, y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Silvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network.
2: Welcome back to Five on the Floor after the Miami Heat lose 128-120 to at home to the Oklahoma City Thunder. An interesting 24 hours for the Miami Heat. We haven't had a chance yet to talk about Eric Spolcher's extension. We'll get into that a little bit over the course of this episode I've got sean rochester you can follow him at s rochester nba i've got greg slavander you can follow him at greg slavander and of course you can follow me at ethan j skolnick and at five reasons sports and you know i think what i take from this tonight to start okay, okay is sometimes you need all your stars against a team that's this compelling and this OKC team, I mean, we've talked about, okay, when are they going to make the leap? I did not think this leap would come this season for them. They've been accumulating these first-round picks. They've hit on all of them, it seems like. They had to wait on Chet Holmgren for one more year. Now he's a Rookie of the Year candidate. Shea Gilgus alexander obviously picked up in that trade with the Clippers way back when where they got all this, these picks along with Shea for Paul George. Jalen Williams is developing into a star-level player himself, and this looks like the build from a previous decade uh, when they got Durant, Harden, and Westbrook. And we all know that the Miami Heat stood in their way in terms of cashing that in for a championship and then Harden ultimately left. But it looks like Sam Presti is doing it again. And, And when I look at this Heat loss today, just from their perspective, you can at the start of the fourth quarter, miss was it your first nine shots? I mean, like, I mean, we could talk about a whole bunch of other things today, but against a team of this quality with this kind of youth that's going to keep coming at you. I mean, they played OKC, played, um, what was it 11, 11 guys at least eight minutes tonight? Um, you know, 10 guys at least 12 minutes. They just kept coming at you in waves, and of course. You know, Shea was the best player on the floor, and he had 28 points on 11 of 17 shooting. But I'll go to you first on this, and again, we're going to get into, you know, we'll get into the game of the night, we'll get into the play of the night, and of course we're going to talk about Spolscher's extension. But I'll just start here with you, Greg, as you look at uh, what Miami did right and wrong tonight, you you can't have, like I said, that kind of shooting uh, slump. And you just can't have mistakes. Like they're rallying to come back at the end of the game, and I don't know what that shot was that Tyler took. Um, he passed on an easy one, uh, not easy, goes on an easy shot. But he passed on an open one to take that kind of fall away thing, which is the kind of thing that we've seen Jimmy
3: Jimmy do at yeah. times
2: this year, right? Like it's just it, it's whenever they get off a script and they start to do that kind of stuff, it it's it never plays out very well.
3: I thought really. What stuck out for me is that this was played at Oklahoma City's pace from the very beginning. And the other thing is just the defensive stuff for Miami. The fact that they're not able to clean that up is where I – like, that. that's the, the backbreaker tonight. Offense didn't kill me. I know that the stretch in the fourth quarter was ugly, but they still – if you look at the percentages, how they shot from three – it's typically the type of diet that allows them to get somewhere near victory. This just ended up getting away from them because I think that they played Oklahoma city's brand of basketball. And eventually they just, you know, you, you end up, you're playing a team that's shooting 60% from the field. That's something that you just can't win when you're playing. And especially Oklahoma city who I went on floors yours with Sean, uh, one of our very first episodes of the year and said that I thought Oklahoma City was a 55-win team and I'm looking pretty smart today. Uh I think that they're that good. Um, so this is not like a bad loss by any means, but the defensive stuff definitely for me is still uh th- that's a it's a concern. I mean,
2: there's a bigger picture conversation to be had, and we got into this a little bit on the Jovich podcast where we didn't sort of fill it out which is that you know miami has this very impressive group of players 26 years and younger with with bam with tyler uh with Hawkes, and with jovich and i think the only team in the league that has a better crew uh definitively is okc and the difference of course is that miami's were drafted from 13 on down okc's were tip most of them were drafted higher than that but sean let's get to the defense then because uh, greg mentioned it um 59.3 percent for OKC overall, 42.4% from three. Miami's shooting splits were not bad. Like you said, 46 and 42, you'll take that most nights, uh, particularly at the volume of shots that they were getting up. But what is it uh, defensively? Because, look, Bam's back. Haywood was back. I mean, he did his thing on the offensive end tonight. Uh, he had 19 points, which is a career high for him. And Josh is in there. So it's not like, well, guys, we were talking about before the year. Yeah. You don't have Caleb. You don't have Jimmy, but you would seem to have enough that you could at least affect OKC in some way. They didn't do that.
1: Yeah. I mean, for context, and and I agree with what Greg said, OKC is the number one half court offense in the league. So going into this, you know, you have your hands full, right? So, you know, I, I think the challenge that they present is almost at any time, they have five guys that can break down closeouts. You know They're going to swing the ball, which is, I think it was Karate that said late in the game in the fourth quarter about how it's it's hard to get a young team to defend, which they do very well, and to move the ball, which they do. You know, Shea is great, but they move the ball. Giddy's good. He he moves, I mean, like, they all play so well. Jalen Williams, Chet, you saw even Chet, like, backdooring Bam. How often do you see Bam make defensive mistakes like that? And they just do a really good job of making you rotate and then attacking poor closeouts and... You know, Miami, unfortunately, right now, the perimeter defense is leaky. And, uh, you know, to the other side of the ball, like Greg said, we finished with a 124 offensive rating. We started Haywood Highsmith, Nikola Jovich, Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero, and Jaime Hawkins, with no Jimmy Butler, with no Kyle Lowry, with no Caleb Martin. A 124 offensive rating. We scored 120 points. And they're a top 10 defense. Like, I, I know you can you can poke holes in certain things. Everyone in the starting lineup scored at least 15 points. Like, the offense wasn't bad. The defense lets you down, but it's also against a very elite team, not to excuse it. It, it was just a tough matchup when you're shorthanded.
2: Yeah, I mean, this is the kind of game where I, you know, we, we talk about games that they really could use, Jimmy, and it f- felt like this was sort of the top of the list game that we've seen so far because – they rely on Jimmy to slow pace at times, and and just settle the game down. Go get to the line. Go get you know just just go get a bucket. And we know his rim percentages are down. We've covered all that stuff, but he's capable of doing those kind of things. And it it just didn't seem you know Bam kind of started to force the action late, and I, I think that's what really helped them get into it. And you mentioned they they had some good performances. I mean, look, Haywood was five of seven from three. He took fourteen shots. I mean, you know, I mean, you're not expecting hey, Haywood, but he made half of them. Uh, Jovich was 5 of 8 overall, 3 of 5 from 3, including uh, that transition 3, which, wow. I mean, if he's starting to add that stuff, um, you know, BAM, 25, 11, and 6. is uh, 6 of 9 from the floor, 3 of 5 from 3, which was impressive because uh, he showed no hesitation on the 3-point shot tonight. He had 21 points, 5 rebounds two assists and you mentioned kevin love gave him good minutes um you know josh gave him okay minutes duncan struggled i one of the things i think we're going to talk about a little more and and i've I've been working on this piece about duncan which i finally finally need to get out there because it feels like he hasn't made a shot since i started to work on it is like he doesn't seem quite as comfortable with role now that he's back on the bench which is uh, interesting to see this play out his numbers are down a little bit recently but you're right i thought they got good offensive performances a lot of people but there's one stat line that's gonna, that's gonna, uh, that people are going to focus on today, which is that Tyler was 7 of 21. And there's been a bunch of these lately. He's been less efficient uh, over the past couple of weeks than he was earlier in the season. And they are – I mean, again, he's taking 21 shots. So, I mean, if he's going to take 21 shots, he makes seven. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp.
1: Community safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov/careers.
2: I understand the defense was the biggest problem tonight. I thought Tyler actually had some good defensive moments. I know defense was the biggest problem overall tonight for the team. But again, when you're when you're trying to chase down a team like that, you can't have your two guard be uh, that inefficient. All right, we, we are going to talk. Uh, More about all of this stuff, and and again, I want to get into Spulcher's extension before the end of this because we'll probably do a full episode on that tomorrow, Um, but I do want to touch on it. But first, I want to mention The Rock Esports Gamer of the night. And now on 5 on the floor, it's time for the gamer of the night sponsored by Rock Esports Center, the place to eat, drink and play all day. Host your next birthday party with them, located at 15305 South Dixie Highway in Palmetto Bay. They've got a 5500 square foot state-of-the-art center equipped with all the high-end power. Play all-day passes available for just 25 bucks, but if you mention 5 reasons it's just twenty dollars. So mention five reasons or five RSN, you get to play all day for twenty dollars. And now, the gamer of the night. There's actually a couple directions you could go this well, with OKC here because, again, I mean, <laughs> Shea had twenty eight, uh, but I, I'm going to single out and Chet. I thought really affected things defensively. Like he did. He made. Things he ain't the difficult. gamer. I, I thought it was Jalen Williams, right? Yeah, thank you. I, I mean, that
3: – right? I mean, he – That dude is a dog, <laughs> a baller. I, they, they got
2: someone there. I mean, 19 points, 9 rebounds, 12 assists. He doesn't, like, take a wrong step. Like, I, I really – I like – he's – it just looks like he knows how to play. Like, we talk about Hawkes a lot. Uh, but Jalen Williams has – I don't know. He's just got a lot of facets to his game. Like, they have absolutely – killed the draft and and when you get that many picks you're going to particularly when they're high picks i mean you're going to do fairly well but we've seen some teams have not i mean detroit has not killed the draft right like some some teams have not um what are you i'm just curious what you guys think before we pivot back to the heat here we talk about them being a potentially a 55 win team the west is muddled we know that uh some of the old guard teams like the warriors Suns. Uh, Lakers struggling a little bit Clippers I don't know what to make of them but then then you got Denver sort of up there but then there's OKC. Minnesota played a very tight game with Boston tonight um, d- would you make a move uh, Sean I'm just curious I'll go back to Greg on this after would you make a move if you were OKC to try to accelerate it at this point or you just keep you just keep taking your first-round picks and
1: adding them to the mix without having contracts and knowing when <laughs> extensions are coming up and things like that in front of me I don't think I would. I think I would let this play out. You know, it's the first year of really competing and contending. And, you know, I think maybe, you know, you let's say you get to the second round and you lose in a tough 6-7 game series against one of the elite teams in the West. I think that's a, a great opportunity for growth. These young guys come back. They're all still very young. It's the first year with Chet. You know, you might tinker pieces, but I think that core, like you guys said, Jalen Williams, Chet, Shea, then you start questioning, right? Is Giddy long term? You know, is he the guy you want? Dort, you can maybe upgrade there, and then the bench. You know, you can start to look at pieces there. and Wallace, I really like. But yeah, I, I think I would let it play out. I just think that when you try to push it too early, can you really get past uh, a Denver? Can you really get past like those teams? And if you push it too early and you use your pieces. I think sometimes it's it's short sighted instead of being long, you know, looking to the future.
2: It's funny you just mentioned Dort because I I think the Heat would love to get their hands on uh, on Dort. You talk about somebody who could defend uh, on the perimeter and at the point of attack. I I was impressed. Uh, I, I like Case Wallace from what I've seen so far. I think he's going to be a player. I mean, everybody comes out of there is, but like at, at, I think he's going to be a player too. But uh, I, I can't even pronounce his name. Misic, the the uh, the Serbian. Uh, oh yeah, boy, he's, an interest- he's, he's an interesting he's an interesting player. Right, he's an interesting player. Like he, I mean, he's 29 years old. We talk about hockey as being 22. He's 29 years old. He's played in international competition at a very high level. But uh, no, I, 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 really, I really like their group. I, I know what people are going to want to know us to talk about tonight. So let's just do it. What, what did we think of uh, of Jovic's start tonight? Because uh, that's I loved it. It's what it seems like people care
3: about. He he fits next to Bam. We've been talking about what player fits next to bam. And this is the guy who fits the profile fits the play style fits the way he's been approaching the basketball games. Like with that, um, again, like, uh, we uh, we talked about Jalen Williams being a dog with that dog mentality. They, they need him to play like that. And he's brought that to every single game. The passing is so underrated. The fact, I almost feel like they need to put the ball in his hands more um, when he's out on the court, but I, I think they've really found something there. It's crazy. The fact that he went down to Sioux falls, came back up and looks like a completely different player after getting some extensive run down there. Uh, I'm thoroughly impressed with Nikola Jovich. I, I feel like his stock is trending major up.
2: You know, the number that jumps out to me with Jovic tonight,
1: the minutes, I was just going to say that his minutes got bumped today because they only played eight guys, and I think it was because of his productivity, which I think is a good thing. If he struggles, limit his minutes, but give him the opportunity to go out there and play at least that twenty that he's been playing. Thirty-three—that's that's pretty impressive. I'm glad you didn't go to the single game plus minus though. I'm glad we're uh, we've moved past that as a a measurement of good play.
2: No, you know what it is is that i've got the e s p n uh i've got i got e s p n dot com up on my phone and i i didn't click on all stats so that's i i'm i'm just getting the i'm i'm getting the smallest so i i have a feeling i know what it looks like but i'm not gonna even get into it uh but i mean the overall minutes okay so tyler thirty six bam thirty six haywood thirty five so they they've bumped they bumped
3: him up tonight Played eight guys. I mean, it's like a playoff game. I mean, it was weird, but that's basically all they had. They don't trust anyone else who was available. You're talking Thomas Bryant, Jamal Kane, RJ Hampton, Orlando Robinson.
2: Well, right. But, but they don't trust anybody else who was available, but like all of a sudden they're, he's trusting Nikola Jovich with 33 minutes in that situation. Like that's a, that's a huge development. I mean, I haven't, I suppose I want to play Jovich. Now Spoke, I mean, Spoke played, Jovic, I mean, Duncan played 25 minutes tonight. Jovic played 33. I mean, Duncan was carrying starting. low 30s. And right, and it. I don't really see him coming out of the starting line. I, the Caleb thing is weird, like weird. Well, I'll save it because we're going to get into it in the injury report here in a second. But um, yeah, I, I don't know when he's coming back. So at this point, it's kind of, yeah, I think he's just going to roll with Jovic uh, until, until, you know, he until I think until he really bombs one of the games and then they they may look at something different i right, I do want to get into though because we have to take uh, care of our great sponsors here including our friend Lynette so we're gonna get to the insurance by Lynette a reference aggressive insurance play of the night and now it's time for the insurance by Lynette play of the night sponsored by insurance by dot com at a aggressive insurance agency you can reach out to our friend Lynette at nine five four five eight one 8800, that's 954-581-8800, or Lynette.com. That's lynette.com with two N's and two T's. Your best play for auto insurance, homeowners insurance, condo insurance, life insurance, or a retirement program. Reach out to Lynette at lynette.com. Happy birthday, Lynette, by the way. Um, let's get to uh, the play of the night. I'll, I'll leave it to you guys because th- to me, there were a couple on the Okay, C-end that we could touch on. But was there there anything on the Heat side that jumped out at you tonight, Greg?
3: The Jovich transition three. And then if we're talking an A-aggressive play of the night, I would say that when Bam Adebayo finally lowered his shoulder on Chet late in that game, they needed to probably see that sooner. Um, And so if we're looking for any of the bright spots on the Heat side, Sunshine Pumper himself shall bring you the Jovich transition three and the bam baby hook. It reminded me of Alonzo when skinny big men used to try to guard him back in the day as well.
2: Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the Jovich one because that's probably where I would go also. um, Because anything they do on the break that actually works, uh, you'll take it. Sean?
1: Yeah, I think uh two plays. Second quarter, bam. He's driving to his left and finds, I think it was Haquez on the baseline, like kind of a no look pass along the baseline. Um, and if we want to give the Thunder some credit, that uh transition, I think it was Kason Wallace to Jalen Williams, where he basically just caught it and threw it up for him. That was that was unreal. So that's that's how you run transition. Um, you know, take notes. Take notes.
2: (laughs) I don't know that the Heat are capable of that with their current personnel, unfortunately for them. Uh, And I do think there's, again, a bigger conversation to be had here about the timeline because we talked about the Heat's bridge timeline. You're trying to win uh, a title now, but you've got some of these young teams that – are going to be a force and a threat, and uh, this OKC group reminds me a little bit—not in terms of the type of personnel necessarily, but in their trajectory to the Golden State team that started to form. Uh, and they—they they, they weren't all as high picks, but that started to form uh, towards the end of the Heat's Big Three era. And then, and you're just like, okay, I mean, if you're the Heat, there's going to be some other powers that you're going to need to deal with here uh, as you go forward. There's not—I will say this: there's not a team in the East. That would scare me as much in a playoff series as OKC does. It's not a team in the East. I I, cause I, I think OKC would run the heat off the floor. I think I think even if totally healthy, I just it feels like one of those series where we'd be like they're not athletic enough. Like that's that's we've had those kind of series before. Um, Miami would really need Jimmy to be able to grind uh, that thing down yeah. for them. But that's and, what happens yeah.
3: in the playoffs. So it would be interesting. I, I, I know.
2: I know, I know, but OKC is going to scare the hell out of everybody. Uh, before we get to the injury report, I just want to uh, – just a quick thought here. We'll do a longer podcast on this tomorrow, uh, but I said this yesterday on Twitter, so I'll just repeat it. Eric exposure to me is the greatest success story uh, from a personnel standpoint because coaching is personnel. It's, it's some, somebody that you bring in uh, in Miami Heat history, in my view. Um, because it, it's it's it, when you look at where he was, and now an eight-year contract extension, one hundred twenty million. Good for him. I mean, again, I've said this too: the Heat will spend on basketball operations and coaching. They they talk about it. They're top five in spending in those areas. They've done what it's taken to retain Andy, retain Adam, keep Eric, keep that crew together, because. In their view, that's one of the ways you win at the margins in the league. It's I don't want to call it money ball because you're spending the money, so it's not really a money ball strategy. But it is, it's an it's a market inefficiency essentially because, you know, you can spend more there to make your players that you have better. And I know Heat fans are frustrated about well the Heat won't spend this or going to the second apron. And we we've had these discussions over and over and over. Coaching salaries don't count against the tax or the cap, right? <laughs> executive (laughs) salaries don't count against the cap or the tax so if you're going to spend the extra 5 million a year 10 million a year or suppose case 15 million a year uh you spend it there because it doesn't there's no multiplier on it. it 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 is what it is and you hope that he can continue to maximize players and and I, I understand the strategy. I mean, because, I mean, it, to have the kind of stability, and now we're talking about him carrying their tradition. Um, you know, he, he calls himself a caretaker, caretaking this culture into the future. Do You know what's huge about it too? If you're a free agent, and we talk about how free agency is not what it was, it's not. But if you're a free agent and you're considering Miami, you know the coach is going to be there. Yeah you know that you know the guy that you're talking to is set like you don't have to worry about him getting uh you know blown out in a year or two it's not happening he's there for eight years so you know and he has made a lot of the free agent pitches in recent years he's been at the forefront with hayward with durant i know they didn't get either guy but he was the one that made it close okay rich Jay, right (laughs) all right no but that stability is is critical for them going forward but it also is a, it's one of their great success stories and you look at it, it first thing you know it, it's it's one of pat's great success stories because to identify somebody we know pat was frustrated with the whole you know 0708 team etc and everything else he'd already moved on from coaching once he moved on the second time this time to eric but to pluck someone out of the video first thing to retain eric when he came then to pluck him out of the video room to have him coaching a team which was handicapped by the fact that they didn't want to go all in with Dwayne because they were trying to keep their powder dry for 2010 taking those two teams to the playoffs. And then I had a conversation with Eric during late in uh, it, I was thinking the 11-12 season where he told me and he's since told others after but this was the first time I'd heard it that he if he was in another organization he would have been fired 3 times he he says this all the time now but he, he i remember him specifically telling me we were, we were on the court in phoenix after a game and he said if if it wasn't for this if I wasn't in this organization i would have been fired when we acquired lebron because again lebron was like who the hell is this guy I would have been fired at nine and eight for sure. And of course, that's when we know that they had the team meeting in the players' meeting in Dallas. I was there waiting for 55 minutes for them to come outside the door. Dwayne was going the whole thing. And then the next day, there was a story leaked to ESPN.com about the problems between Spolster and Ron in practice. That was the second time. Okay. And the third time was losing the 2011 finals with a team with that kind of expectations. He he believes he would have been fired any of those three times if he was in another organization, and Pat didn't do it. And Pat stood up to LeBron for him. And now you have LeBron sending a tweet celebrating Spo's extension. Think of how far we've come. So it is a – this loss tonight, yes, it hurts because, you know, you were playing pretty well, and this OKC team, you had a shot against them. It's meaningless in the grand scheme of things compared to – Getting this head coach locked in for eight years after you've now promoted Andy, you've kept Adam, you have your core. Like we talk about they have their young core on the player side. They have their brain trust core locked in going forward. There are not a lot of organizations around the league that can say that. And so that's a very positive thing. All right, we do want to get to the injury report. And then I'm going to go to Sean and Greg for their final thoughts. So the injury report. And now it's time for the official five on the floor injury report sponsored by our friend Eric Rubenstein, the personal injury attorney. Born and raised in Lauderdale, Florida. Lives in Miami. Went to St. Thomas. He's a South Florida guy and a huge Miami Heat fan. But the important thing is he can help you get your money that you deserve when something happens to you. So reach out to our guy, Eric Rubinstein. Again, EricRubinstein.com or ask about me. I got you on Instagram. And now, the injury report. Actually, Eric was on the floor today again. Uh, he's he's everywhere. He was on the floor he right is. <laughs> at Caseya Center. Um all right, fine, uh, injury report, let's just get to it. Jimmy Butler did speak to the media yesterday, and we haven't had a chance to address that, and he said that the toe injury could have been a lot worse, so they felt like they kind of dodged a bullet there, and that he would be back sooner rather than later. So we'll see if that's Friday, if maybe that's Sunday, which is uh, Dwayne's big day, uh, when he's uh, they celebrate him going into the Hall of Fame, or, or whether it's next week. But I mean, you would hope it would be soon. Um, and then again, we'll see how they reshuffle the starting lineup. I will say uh, the Caleb thing—I don't know. I, I just—I don't know. Like he—they—they've listed him as doubtful for like two weeks, and doubtful is a weird designation for them. Like usually, it's it's out or it's questionable, but it's doubtful. I don't—I don't really know where it's at, and uh, that's one of the things that I think we need to get a little, little more information on because. We haven't talked about Caleb a lot, but they, they've missed Caleb. Like, he get, you talk about the transition, the athleticism he's got there, you know. And then Kyle not playing tonight, we knew that, that was going to happen. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if they extend this break for him, a pocket of time to give him a little bit more rest. And if you get Jimmy back in the lineup, you can probably uh, – you know, you can probably you know give Kyle a week or two here, where yeah, you know he's he's not counted upon, and then maybe you can you can you know, again if he's here so he at the trade line, trade deadline, maybe he's fresher uh, later on. Uh, final thoughts on anything that's happened in the past twenty four hours, Sean.
1: Well, I know it's going to come up. I can see the uh, the trade wheel is working in Greg's mind right now when we talk about when you talk about Caleb like that. You can see him spinning in there. So that's a different podcast, but um. One guy I don't think we touched on tonight that was very impressive to me was Haywood Highsmith. 19 points, five rebounds, two assists, five threes in 35 minutes. So I don't want that to get lost because while you know he can't go out there and shut down SGA, he was great on offense. He knocked down open threes. He made life tough for SGA. He made life tough for Jalen Williams, but those guys, you just can't stop them. So shout out to Hay- Haywood for uh, another great performance and a start.
3: Right. My my trade machine wheels are not quite churning yet, frankly. Uh, a lot of people are coming to me with, what do you think of this trade, that trade, this trade, that trade? I don't think that they're there yet, um, honestly. But I do think the more that we watch Hakez and Jovic kind of figuring things out as young players and Hayward Highsmith still being a player that I think you can keep uh, long-term at a fraction of the cost, you start to ask, is Caleb Martin extra or is he somebody that you're willing to spend for? Uh, And how much do you have to spend? Maybe you don't have to spend nearly as much as you thought you were going to after game seven last year uh, by the end of this run, but we still will see. On Eric Spolstra, I just want to say that we now know who the face of the franchise is, who the um, succession plan is. This is a franchise that has now attached themselves at the hip to Eric Spolstra. They were very, um, I think that all parties were very careful in Adrian Warjanowski's article to call out in modern sports history, the commitment in years and money and what it meant Um and I think that it, it's an important call out because they're basically an eight year extension for him is unbelievable. That type of stability is unheard of in coaching. Most coaches go year to year and don't know and, and t- probably have conversations with their family about like, uh, if we make it through this year, this is what we're going to do. And if we don't, we'll do this. This guy's getting eight-year extensions. I just think we should never take it for granted what a great story it is. Best coach in sports. FireSpo.com still exists?
2: I remember that one. <laughs> that guy used to email me all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. no, He, he was very, very impressed with his work. I, I, I wonder who still has the job him or spoke anyway uh thanks to our sponsors rock esports center eric rubenstein.com and also insurance by lynette.com happy birthday lynette heat lose but in the big picture over the past twenty four hours they've won and we'll see you on thursday and then friday night orlando comes into
3: town thank you for listening to the five on the floor on the five reason sports network after all someone needs to listen to my dad